All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of After Thought. I am your host, Marshall, and today we have a special guest to help uh, have some afterthoughts about a movie from uh, 1960. It's called Psycho, the legendary Psycho. And I have here Ricky uh, from the radio station back at CCSU, back in my school. So Ricky, welcome to the show. Yeah, real throwback to uh, to our days at the radio station, uh, 107.7 The Edge, of course. I know. Now uh, you're still there, right? No, no, because, well, I graduated last year. Okay, uh, okay. Yeah, so, and you know, with, with COVID and, you know, the pandemic, they've been yeah. really limited when it comes to, out, you know, outside of campus uh, interaction. They haven't really, I don't even think they've had any community volunteers uh, over the last year. That's other than Gil. Uh, who is our faculty advisor over there? Yeah, they. I I keep hearing that they just kind of cut it all up because of you know restrictions and COVID, and it's just a mess. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's complicated. Like, how else can you really really do it efficiently outside of the studio? Uh, but I've been working uh, on my own podcast though, actually. Uh, I know. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so uh, a buddy, uh, me and my buddy, uh, have been producing uh, a satirical news podcast called The Last Minute with Dustin Wong. Okay. Um, it's it's about a 30 to 45 minute podcast. We release one episode a month. Um, it's completely scripted. It's an entire program that consists with uh, with sketches, with, you know, headline jokes, um, you know, satirical coverage of the news, fake PSAs and commercials, fake correspondent sections. You know, it's it's an entire like it's a comedy podcast. And uh, oh I've God. actually been really, really happy with the last three episodes that's come out. Um, I think we found a really nice, uh, you know, a really nice foundation for it. But then we're already breaking out of form as well with it. Um, you can catch us on just about any one of the, uh, any sort of podcast platform that you go on. Mm -hmm. uh, I would really appreciate anybody to be able to ch check it out. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna having click a lot of mine. I'm gonna click subscribe on that because you know I've been getting into a lot of scripted podcasting now, and and I'm loving like these horror stories and just all of these shows that that is completely different than what i'm used to i usually listen to the mm -hmm. pop the pop news and the the what's on the what's on the news and yeah a lot of com a lot of uh, podcasts are very conversational um yeah so i wanted to be able to try to push the envelope a little bit I i'm de i'm definitely not the first person to be doing this there our entire show's format is recycled from the last 60 years of just general talk talk news yeah. uh you know sort of format well, I'm no, I really like your podcast. Out. I Thank like you. I like that yours is both conversational and has a specific motive, which is you watch a movie for the first time and you want to put your take on it. And oh, yeah. I really like how kind of all over the place in the best way your selections <laughs> have been for the last few episodes. You have like <laughs> Moonlight, you know, you have Moonlight that you started off with and then you go to like The Devil Wears Prada, uh, which was the one that you did last time, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Every time I see, and then you, when you hit me up, I'm like, you said, how about Psycho? I'm like, whoa, all right. Like, I haven't, I love that. All right. I'm on my horror kick right now. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, yeah, it's all over the place. And I'm, I'm happy that you came on to do this horror movie. I didn't know how you would feel about it, but I was like, I think this is going to be interesting. I never saw it mm -hmm. before. Um, have you ever saw this movie? I saw this movie once, um, okay. my senior year of high school. So it's, a it's long been, time ago. yeah, very long time. Um, so that's why it was really interesting for me to revisit it because as we're probably going to talk about, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of assumptions that I had with the movie going in mm -hmm. that totally was totally subverted once I watched it. Yeah. How do you feel watching it now? I mean, what, what came up, what 
the first things that came up? Um, there was, I was reminded, you know, when I watched this movie, um, I actually want to ask you a question yeah, if you don't mind. It. If how, what did you, uh, did you have, uh, what was your idea of this movie going in? Did you know what it was about? Did you know any specific things that happened? Yeah. And how did that affect your viewing? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, unfortunately the, um, the shower scene, the whole movie was summarized to me through YouTube clips on like the best moments of movies and people would tell me the movie. So I, it's like, it's like, um, Shakespeare. I already knew mm -hmm. kind of what was going to happen before. I yeah, watched yeah. It. So that, I feel like that's what kind of killed the movie for me, unfortunately, because everything that happened in this movie was so clever. And, uh, I feel like me knowing it, it just killed it. I, I knew what was going on behind the curtain and, mm -hmm. uh, but it was still good. I overall, I think watching this movie, I still thought it was pretty good. Um, I just knew that the guy was dressed up. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, went to try to kill her. <laughs> so, you know, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, everyone knows about like, you know, the Bates Motel, the the shower, you know, the shower sequence is mm -hmm. obviously one of the most iconic in film history. Yeah. Um, I, I was also, you know, back in the day, spoiled to say it's hard to say a spoiler for a movie that was out for 50 years, uh, but spoiler about, you know, like the ending that he was his mother. But what really surprised me and what really um, really put me on a loop was I figured that with like with the spoilers that I had, that mm -hmm. this movie was solely just about this this killer uh, that, you know, at the Bates Motel. But there is so much more. There's oh, yeah. so much more around it and so many more characters and way deeper. There's a way deeper narrative that revolved just around um, uh what's his name norman bates mm -hmm. and that's what i was actually going to talk about which i really like about the movie this movie is two like i think of it as like two completely separate narratives the entire like half hour of expedition we had revolved nothing around norman bates it was yeah. around uh it was around crane what's her last name i have yeah, yeah um uh, uh, uh myron crane or marion yes, crane marion uh, crane yep yeah marion crane who is uh you know the secretary or the front desk of this business who ended up running off stealing forty thousand dollars to yeah when i saw this lover i was like what what i thought this movie was supposed to be about horror and everything and i was like okay yeah totally took it for a total loop, loop yeah right? yeah i was like what is going on well actually in the beginning of the movie i actually was like okay buster rhymes totally sampled the theme song the da -na -na -na, <laughs> and the give me some more song i was like wait a minute oh mine explosion <laughs> i love those moments man i love yeah hearing originals like just separate from this, I love hearing originals from samples that like become way more iconic and way more yeah. famous. Like uh, listening to Daft Punk's uh, strong, you know, stronger sample in mm -hmm. their actual song. When I heard Kanye West's <laughs> way before that, yeah, it's it's weird when you when you hear things out of perspective like that and you get your mm -hmm. own take on it. You know, that's why I love watching older movies. Uh, our generation will take it and pick it apart in different ways. And some movies actually got better over the years and some movies actually kind of got kind of mm -hmm. stinky over the years, which I think, unfortunately, this one, it kind of lost its its flair because it just, people ruined the hell out of it for me. I see, you know? I see. And this was okay. revolutionary. I mean, there were so many, so many parts of this movie were never seen before. I mean, this was, this was controversial 
when mm-hmm. it first came around, 100%. Now, now it's like child's play, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. I saw this movie and I was like, Where, what, where's the guts and the blood and the nudity like everybody always puts in their movies? And it was very pulled back. And um, But that's I the thing, it. man. That yeah. that was pushing the envelope in 1960. Like that oh. was like hard because I could definitely get how things you you learn especially like you know coming to our age if we try to revisit movies or material that we watch as kids Mm -hmm. things do not age well but i guess i wouldn't call this something that doesn't age well um because you you can't help that media and just art is going to evolve our what we deem as acceptable is going to evolve because the reality is that that sequence you know the main actress she said that she cried when she watched herself getting stabbed in the shower because yeah. you just don't see you just didn't really see blunt murder like the way they did in that movie even the nudity at the time which you know you always saw like if she was a full profile like she had a bra on and whatnot yeah but just the implication of her being filmed naked when she went in the shower was was very you know was very controversial oh yeah they had like and, a, i think they had a playboy model or a porn star play um her bo- as a body double when there was the the scenes where she was showing a lot of body that's hilarious yeah and that's... i heard that i guess when she watched the movie she was kind of taken by it because she was like a woman is so vulnerable you mm-hmm. know just showering so i heard since from the day Till her end of her days, she took baths, <laughs> yeah. which I would feel more vulnerable taking a bath, sitting there in a tub of water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's a lot longer amount of time. Yeah, get a Claire shower curtain. Maybe that helps. <laughs> always keep an eye out because I do the same thing whenever I'm washing my hair or closing my eyes. I always like freak out and want to open my eyes because I mean, they're so vulnerable. <laughs> oh, yeah. I used to be really I used to be very paranoid about being in the shower when I was like a kid because oh, yeah. there was one there was one horror movie that came out and there's just this moment it, it, you know it had to do with you you know you have like your demons living in a mirror and if you mm-hmm. look in the mirror like they take your form and they could do stuff and so ever since I saw that trailer I would just always look that I dodge the mirror I'd look over the curtain be like <laughs> oh I gotcha like I feel like I'm outwitting whoever is going to bring in my inevitable death like, yeah, well, I think I'm going to outsmart him, right? I do have a question for you. When, uh, he, yeah. when he opened up her room and went to, to go into the room, did you find it awkward that he wanted to open the window? And would you have closed that window? I honestly, I wouldn't pay too much. I probably wouldn't have paid too much mind to it because oh, no, you're going to die. Guy. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Like, I, I'm not saying I'm surviving any horror movie in any way. But when he opened it up, because it seemed like, you know, to put into context, it's a pretty deserted motel. And he says, it's pretty stuffy in here. So let's open up a window, yeah. get some clear air. See, that's what so I probably would have been me. like, oh, I just would have been like, oh, you're right. And went past it. <laughs> no, uh, no, no. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have kept it open. I would not have kept it open, <laughs> especially when he left. Mm-mm. Uh-uh, hey, yes. there, keep it open. I can jump out easier. Come on. Yep. Yep. Uh, the first thing I would do, and I always do this, bathrooms or hotels. I check for the cameras, if there's any cameras anywhere, mm-hmm. the cleanliness of it. And I'm checking, you know, okay, you want to open up my window? We're going to lock that window and make sure it's locked. We're going to check the door to the other hotel room and make sure that's secure. I don't want to play with any of that. Um, mm. I'm not that's trying to fun. die first in a movie. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I might die like third. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, also, I ain't surviving. I'm telling you that much. Yeah. Also, did you find her her driving scenes kind of hilarious? Because I was cracking up at them. Movies from back in the past, they love a good facial expression. Mm-hmm. I guess um, I guess they were telling her as she was driving the what she was supposed to be reacting to. Because mm-hmm. you know they obviously do the green screen and the you know the the fake background while they're driving. I just find it so funny back in the sixties and seventies when they make these faces oh, of drama. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm acting, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's, it's just funny to me. I mean, the camera part, didn't do her enough. Didn't do her the service of yeah. being on it for three consecutive minutes at a time. So you yeah. know you're you're gonna get caught. <laughs> the camera never lies. Yeah, but. Other than that, I mean, nothing really got me. Like I said, I kind of already knew about the movie before. So I don't know. Was there any other like kind of thoughts you had during the film? I I, I had plenty. (laughs) I I think, (laughs) well, like, because the thing with that is I was kind of alluding to it in the beginning of our conversation, which is it's, I think, you know, it feels like two entirely separate movies. It's probably one of the greatest mood shifts I've like I've seen in a movie that's I can only really relate it to Parasite watching Parasite when in the midpoint of the movie the entire mood changes like okay I never saw it and I need to watch Parasite okay don't spoil it it. I was gonna move on just by the fact now I gotta watch it though because I I care too much because like the you know the protagonist it's hard to even label truly who the protagonist is because it, it is it is Norman and I can get into that but the first third, you know, the first act of the entire movie doesn't even revolve around its main, you know, its supposedly main character. It's following this entire narrative about this woman who's steals $40,000 to run off, um, you know, to run off with her, like with her new lover. Mm -hmm. Um, And you find these characters along the way. And the main objective of that story is having her escape, you know, scot-free with the money. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, and so like she's motivating the whole plot for the first half of the movie. And then you go off and kill your late your leading lady right, in, the, right in the midpoint. And then the whole second half of the movie is completely different like, now. What the hell's going on? Yeah. yeah. And I love that. It, it keeps you guessing. That's the one thing about his movies, Alfred's movies that I appreciate is they just keep you guessing and they're different. And there's always every couple of decades, there's always that one director that always just takes it to that next level. And you're like, mm-hmm. what What in the world? Like, I, I thought it was going to happen this way. And I'm completely thrown off the track. I yeah. live for that. Live like for that. a great thing that Alfred Hitchcock does, and he does in this movie, is reveal you information, but leave you with a question. Yes. So, like a good example of that is in the in the second half of the movie, with when the boyfriend and her sister are talking to the the police chief or the police officer, mm-hmm. trying to report about everything that's going on. They reveal in that conversation, but Norman's mother has been dead for ten years. So, if that's the case then who then whose body was buried at the cemetery because if that was worded as such a who's the woman that probably would have given a lot more of like foreshadowing on the nose of this person isn't real but they kind of transformed it as this is a deranged situation with a deranged like character however i'm going to lead you down the wrong thought you know thought process of what's going on in the future um I think it was it was great. It was a great conversation that moved the story forward and is not going to make you pretend that you're just not in the know the whole time, but leads you to another direction. I really like that a lot. Yeah, it's crazy, crazy. Well, 
there are some things that I've heard about this film also that kind of blew my mind. Now, there was an early um, thing that people would tell me about this movie, especially with the shower scene. Shower scene was so, so yep. many integral parts in that that scene. But one of the things that always got me was the blood that they used in this movie was chocolate syrup. Really? It was I... Bosco's chocolate, chocolate syrup. And I always thought that was fake. And somebody just told it to me to make me believe it. But even when I saw it in the movie, I was like, I don't know. But it really was chocolate syrup. That's so funny. Isn't you that know, interesting? Even even fake blood, like I've I've filmed some stuff and I've had to make my own fake blood. Mm-hmm. But all you really need is is uh, corn syrup, flour, and food dye. Really? Yeah, like you know, it's always been like fake blood has always just come out of the weirdest, simplest grocery store items. Um so I'm not, I'm like not surprised, but it's just funny to think that there's just chocolate syrup all over yeah. like the bathroom and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, because in some movies, I mean, I remember I would watch like old black exploitation movies from like the 70s and I would mm-hmm. the blood kind of came off as like Alfredo sauce. It was very <laughs> orangey and, and like a really thick, thick, kinda. soupy texture. And mm-hmm. I always was confused by that. I mean, I've seen some weird blood in some movies, let me tell you. Yeah. Uh, but I chocolate syrup, who knew, or corn syrup, you know, like sometimes you just got to think it easy and you want mm-hmm. it to be something that you can eat because let's be real, blood is always all over these characters. It's all over these people. All and over. like you want it to be edible because if, you know, if it's not, then that's just going to be a health, potential health issue. Yeah. But although I don't want to smell like chocolate while they're, you know, they're, I'm filming a horror scene because chocolate has a bad after smell, in my opinion. <laughs> that is that is a very interesting take. And yeah. I don't have a great sense of smell, so I'm going to have to take your word for it. Oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Do you, uh, I don't know if you were going to follow this up, but do you know how mm-hmm. long it took them to film that sequence? Uh, so I, uh, yeah, I wrote it down. I, I heard it was like multiple shots in like a week, like a yep. uh, seven yeah. days over 52 shots that they used. Yeah. At least that they, yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and I have no patience for that. See, that's probably why I, 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 uh, film wasn't the best thing for me back in high school because I w- I love to put together a story, but some mm-hmm. scenes take time, and mm-hmm. you don't think it does, but every part matters. And they really took that scene and blew it up into this big thing. It was beautiful. Uh huh. So beautiful. I will I will ask I will ask you mm-hmm. for this being one of the most iconic, um, you know, th- uh, scenes in thriller history, if not in movie history. Mm-hmm. Does it hold up? to you um uh i'm gonna say no <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but i i think if, if if i was listening to it two things if i didn't know what was gonna happen okay um and two and if i probably listened to it louder you know on a bigger screen i mean my tv and my 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 room is pretty good but i was also like listening to it late at night and i didn't want to disturb the neighbors or never if that was like full surround sound in my ears, that probably would have been so much better. I respect what mm. they did because you know it was beautiful. Yeah, no, I agree. There's but, a there's a level of respect, and you have to pay you have to pay homage to the predecessors of the past. But it's it's one of those things. Like I mentioned, it, it might have not aged well, but it's it, it, I wouldn't say it didn't age well, but it doesn't hold up to like you know today's standard. Today we yeah. you know we're used to such crazy oh yeah crazy effect and crazy actions that are put on scene now it's not even it's not even the point it's like oh they first we're such a deranged freaking audience now it's like <laughs> we're oh you know they just got killed whatever like how did it happen you know we have to look for the creative ways how 
how that kind of thing would occur. Yeah. And you know, the knife scene, I guess that was like, um, they, they, they filmed it where the knife was on her and on her abdomen and then they pull from her and then they yeah. play it in reverse. Like, that's crazy. Like I mm-hmm. see, don't get me wrong. I feel like, I feel like I'm a hating. I loved, I loved it. I just think, did it scare me? Did I get worried when I took a shower that night? Absolutely not. <laughs> it was a thriller though. It was, it was suspense. Oh, yeah. it, it had a lot of suspense to it, oh, you know, yeah. for, especially if you, didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, yeah. But I'm going to, uh, something that I wanted to mention about the movie and its characters that I really liked and I, I want to see if you noticed. None, I feel that none of the characters in that movie were fit, were fit or confident to be in the position that they were put in. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, it, it kind of throws them off their game. Yeah. I mean, like, so every time, you know, like for example the the late leading lady uh marion crane so she mm-hmm. you know when she she was not fit to steal to steal the money like she because she stole the money and ran off but for every person and encounter that she had she was incredibly suspicious like she just did yeah. not really know how to con- con- uh, conceal herself she didn't really know how to be able to talk herself out of a situation you know with the cop that pulled her over I laughed when she goes, oh no, and tried to run, drive off immediately <laughs> when the cop like, pulled her over. I know. Triggered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you don't. <laughs> that entire sequence was so funny to me. And the fact that the moment he walked away, she just, mm, just went right off, made me yeah. laugh. The fact that when she went to the, when, you know, when she went to the car dealership, she was also incredibly suspicious. Um, you know, the car dealer knew that something was up. She's only paying in cash and she wants, she wants this car with no questions asked. Mm-hmm. She just, everybody didn't trust her. Norman Bates, when he was being interrogated by the police, by the private investigator, he totally fell under the cracks. He could not ca- handle himself to the questioning and he just kept switching his story. Um, the the sister and, her, and the boyfriend, when mm-hmm. they tried to kind of uncover this scheme with Norman Bates, mm-hmm. They came in with a plan and they were doing good with their plan. But the moment that the boyfriend was alone with Bates, he was trying to be like, I'm going to sweet talk him and distract him. And it just turned into an entire interrogation. Like he was, you know, he was just like, so, you know, if if you had, uh, you know, if you had money, I bet you would run away. Right. I, You know what? I think you do have the money. I think you have the money right now. Where oh, are you hiding that money, Norman Bates? <laughs> like it was so clear what his intentions were in that moment. It's just all of these characters were put under these big high stakes situations. And it's not like the typical movie where these people are good liars and they're sleuthy and they yeah. and they you know, can talk their way out of a situation. All these players just did not know how to be able to take the pressure. And I really like that because it's a lot more realistic to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, um, uh, you know, even when he was picking his characters, for example, Norman Bates, he didn't want to have, you know, the 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 creepy looking guy, which I guess in mm-hmm. the book, they, he was supposed to be short and fat and kind of creepy and old. They made him a young, like, boy next door, you know? It was very much like that throughout the whole movie. It was just making these characters relatable, making their clothes relatable, making them feel like this is somebody I know. I could trust this person. The acting all around was spot on. Oh, it was yeah. fantastic. Oh yeah, I, that even translated to me now. And I, mm-hmm. and I appreciated that. I mean, that's especially what makes, Anthony that's what Perkins. Makes a good, who? 
uh, Anthony Perkins, who played Norman Bates. Oh, yeah. He killed it. He kills it from the last moment, from the last shot of him smiling, smiling. menacingly oh. in the camera. That, that, scene that shot will never die. Head. Oh that will never God. die. And, you know, I think he was typecasted for that. Him and the, uh, a lot of people from this film, like, they couldn't get away from this. Mm-hmm. They were so, I mean, when you're so good at a movie like that, and a movie that big, yeah. you will always be known for that. I mean, there's no way you can get out of that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like, what's his name in... Um, Oh, the the cannibal uh, from Hannibal Lecter. Hannibal uh, Lecter, that An- man, Anthony I Hopkins. Yeah, I can't see that man uh, just in a comedy. Absolutely not. Absolutely. I didn't want to laugh too hard and ruin the audio, but that's just that was such a funny thought. Like, because I was about to say, I've seen Anthony Hopkins in plenty of stuff because he's a great actor. But then you said I can't see him in a comedy, and I just. I think that's so funny. I have to look into it, see if he's been if he in was. any comedies. Yeah. Wait, was he? Uh, I, I'm watching Westworld right now. He's in Westworld, yeah. right? Yes. Okay, yes. that is him. Okay, because I was like, wait a minute. Is that, is that I'm going to eat your kidneys or eat oh, your... Yeah. Um... <laughs> is that <laughs> I'm going to eat your kidneys, he said. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, and I'm like, oh, of course, because, I mean, that's a perfect role for him. I don't want to say too much because I don't want to spoil it, but I'm, I'm oh, watching no, Westworld. Fantastic. It's pretty lit. Yeah. Westworld, especially season one, was is off the charts. Lit. I now you got to watch the movie. <gasps> There's a movie. That's what it's based off of, my friend. <sighs> there is an old like movie from the seventies or eighties, and that was the source material <gasps> for this series. Oh shit! Damn. Now you, yeah, dude. Now you got to do like a combo episode, which is watching the movie and finishing the series, and okay. then seeing how they compare. You know what? Okay, I'm. I'm. I just do that. Damn, I thought it was just a TV show, and I'm like, wow, this is great. Like, this is mm-hmm. like the Matrix. There they go having a whole movie about it. Yeah. And you know, like, like that's the thing. I'm as I'm watching these movies, I'm realizing these were all books. These were all. Some of these were movies that had other movies included to them like this movie was mm-hmm. a freaking had like multiple movies made of psycho like psycho wasn't just a one and done like they kept trying to milk this cow <laughs> and i'm like wait a minute i have to watch these movies now i'm sure they're not as good and i must say the book for psycho came out the year before the movie was made so alfred hitchcock literally read this movie and immediately was like let's get to work this is this is my next shot this is my next gig bought the rights to it and everything try mm-hmm. to try to hide it and make it his own i which I, I he did a good job he had a vision he had a vision but uh and this was and, his first horror film am i correct i think uh i don't want to say i i, I don't want to i don't want to say yes or no because it's also like i probably you know probably i think this is kind of early in his career and you can kind of classify the rest of them as dramas or thrillers Mm -hmm. uh which isn't quite a horror movie but this is i think this is definitely um like a major horror movie in it you know in his beginning in his like you know just his career i also don't know if his television series that he produced uh was before this movie or after this movie it might have been after because i think he used to do a lot of big movies right and i think this was a movie that that he wanted to kind of go rogue with and and kind of rebel against the big budget big star movies and it worked and i think that's what kind of because birds came after this and that was in color yeah he he had some yeah birds came after that uh he had big movies before psycho he had rear rear window which is one of his best he had vertigo which also came up before then he was established he was clearly an established um filmmaker before oh, yeah. um, 
you know, before this, before this film, I have a thought that I wanted to share with you. Go for about... it. And then we'll move on to the would you rathers. All right. I, I think this will be a good final one then. The only thing that I might've changed or altered about this movie, or at least my real only big criticism, mm -hmm. I think you could, I think the movie could have replaced the private investigator with the cop from the beginning. <gasps> yes. Now, why it, though? I want to hear what you think. So I, it's because when you think about it, besides the boyfriend, none of the characters from the first half had any reference or came out in the second half of the movie. Mm -hmm. So it really was, that's what makes it even more isolated than it was, is that none of the characters reoccurred. Every single character left the movie by the time Norman Bates sort of, you know, picked up the second half. Mm -hmm. And and so they just introduced all of these new players into this mix. And I think, and with the private investigator, like there's there's certain things that I kind of question with with like his actions. Like if the private investigator was hired by the, you know, the big money guy, why is he going off calling the sister and the and the boyfriend about the investigation and letting them know what's going on when his when his real motive is to you know get paid by the end yeah. of the day and be able to bring the money back mm -hmm. but i think and then just like him sort of you know walking in you know investing you know investigating and just walking right into the house with you know no motive or sort of excuse whatsoever i think the cop would have been really good tying into the rest because the cop was in the beginning what was kind of keeping us on our toes like when i was watching him you know watching him when he originally you know pulled over uh crane and originally sort of started surveillancing her behavior and followed her to like the auto body shop i thought oh this is going to be the guy that's going to keep an eye on her and he's going to see that she goes to bates motel like he's going to be the one trying to put the puzzle pieces together but then he just up and he just up and leaves it's gone is gone by the rest and of the I'm movie like, what and what the hell and he already kind of established himself as like a rogue cop. They uh, they made it pretty clear in the movie because little, you know, little did you know, Alfred Hitchcock really has a dislike for the police. And he expresses it in the movie when they said, we're not going to get the police involved because we want to give um, uh, Marion a chance to like give the money back. We don't want them to complicate things. But this guy was kind of like already sort of on his own path. And yeah. it would have been cool if he was like, doing this on his own time and kind of was like a sort of a rogue cop trying to figure out this case um so i think it just the necessity of including of making a second character when you already have one that was being set up to be like the that eyes guy. and ears yeah of this woman's journey i think it would have made things a little bit more cohesive yeah and and it it would have uh, the killing of of the investigator would have been more interesting because it just kind of felt like okay this is another character that just randomly comes up in this okay i guess it makes sense that's how he gets involved i'm like but it could have mm -hmm. been the cop could've yeah could have been the cop been okay with that it would have been a built-up character but uh, yeah that that's interesting that you picked that up because th there was a point in the movie where i was like okay all right yeah i'll buy it yeah mm -hmm. but Where's the cop? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The cop was was sitting there at the car dealership like this girl is so guilty. This girl yeah. is so guilty. It and was so I that talking about things that made me laugh. Her. Both of those <laughs> interactions made me laugh so much. How 
how shady she clearly was. Like, and then she just uprights and leaves. Like, he pulls into the shop, and then he just she just drives away with her car, which she only got to be able to try to lose his trail. Mm -hmm. He knows what your new car looks like now. You know that. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. I I I I think uh, I think it was a good movie. I think there was some parts that we obviously could change. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, as you watch things, you're, I, you know, I watch it a month later, and and I could probably want to change it into a whole mm. other movie. I, I think overall it was good. I think the. I liked it a lot. I think parts. it's tight. I think it yeah. was, I think all around the story was pretty tight. Even the things that would you kind of poke those holes, they they did rather explain uh, in a way or kept it. I, I like how in the end, even for 1960, Alfred Hitchcock made it a point to not make this a narrative about, to quote, transvestites or mm. the, tra you know, they, the trans they, they wanted it. Yeah. Yeah. They, cause they, they really could have. Um, specifically they put in the movies like oh this man is a transvestite and the psychologist says that's not true you know these mm -hmm. are two different you know two different folks two different strokes that's completely different and because especially back then with a movie that would have been that popular that could have generated probably did in some ways but at least you know he tried to subvert the accountability or hate that could have just stirred the pot even oh, more yeah. oh, for yeah. the community oh yeah I mean, it make people into seeming. I mean, that's the same thing they did with with gay people. I mean, gay people they made it seem like you know we're going to take your kids and and mm -hmm. run away and do crazy stuff. And it's like, wait a minute, that's not the narrative. What is going on? Like, yeah, let's not do that. You know, major things that that break through. You know, unfortunately, they always have little scenes in them. It's like, oh, I wish that wasn't there. You know, for something yeah. that was so high end because it's gonna it's gonna make people feel like you know, this is how it is. Yeah, it's going to stir, you know, yeah. It's going to stir up controversy and stir the pot. <sighs> Just the best. And, you know, this is one of those movies, I guess, uh, you know, he wanted people to to watch from the beginning to the end. I mean, he's very particular about how he wanted this movie to be watched, which I enjoyed. I mean, with that and then having people not jump into the movie theater last minute to catch it, because a lot of movies were like that. You just walk in and see a movie running. This mm -hmm. was kind of the beginning of... If the movie started, lock the doors. Don't let people come in and ruin the movie or come in and watch the movie half-assed. They wanted people to watch the movie from the beginning to the end because he wanted that narrative to come across. He wanted his story to come across the way he envisioned it. And I love that. I mean, you know, because it's like watching a movie on an iPhone and then watching it in a big screen. You're going to get two different movies. I was about to say, it's... Two different movies. The, two different experiences all around. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, so I appreciate that. Now, before the would you rather's though, uh huh, uh huh, do you have one. I have one. I think I said one earlier about the window, and I didn't realize that was one. So, oops. But I have one. Are you ready? Oh, I'm so ready. Okay. Would you rather eat Norman sandwiches or find food somewhere else, even if it's going to be a lot of trouble, or you might not even eat because there was he offered her sandwiches. Am I yeah. correct? Yes, yes, that's exactly what he offered. And that was his sandwiches. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what would you do? Would you eat his sandwich or would you um well eat your money? This would be this would be a big difference <laughs> if depending on if it was still raining, because that rain gave me anxiety. Just seeing really? her drive. Oh yeah, seeing her drive when it was just a downpour. I like my car is terrible in the rain, so I'm like, <sighs> pull over. I would hate to drive there. 
So, so I would eating. say, <laughs> what's up? No, I said, so you're not eating that night. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah, 100%. So actually what I would do, especially because the weather cleared up, you know, in that, just with that circumstance, I take the sandwiches because <sighs> even with that, I would still have the opportunity. If they weren't good, I fake my way through it and I could just drive right off to get more food. I mm-hmm. I think that would be the case, but I think you're on the angle of not trusting it. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not trusting. You're you're dead on the floor. Yeah, mm-hmm. your and I'm sorry. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I could not mm-hmm. do it. I, I I also feel like maybe with hearing the arguments that were going on, like mm-hmm. that she was cussing him out for it. I think that would have been so awkward. I would have shut it down right there. To yeah. be honest with you, I'd have been like, "All right, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine," because that would make me afraid. I'm like, "What if this this chick is gonna retaliate for me like doing that?" So I think, especially with the argument, I'd be like, "No, no, no, I'm good, I'm good. Thank you, thank you so much. Bye, bye. Close my door, lock it, and then automatically, not even sleep, and just find my way to the next my next." Yeah. Yeah. Well. Well, that was mine. What about you? Because I so, that, that was the only one I could think of. <laughs> it's I joked I joked around with this uh um with you about this uh for an idea of would you rather it's like would you rather be a thief or a murderer because both of the protagonists hmm. that were in this that we felt sympathy for in this movie was someone who stole forty grand uh from the start and then someone who straight up kills people but we been but we are invested in them the whole way. So I guess you okay. can answer that if you want. I'll answer that in this movie universe because I feel like in real life, obviously, we all have one answer. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. then if you had the other one, I'm going to call the cops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but in this movie universe, hmm. <laughs> um, I'd still rather be the thief. I'd oh, still I- rather be the thief. I mean, come on. Because back in those days, you could get away with a lot because there's I- no internet. Yeah, I was about to say, without Period. the surveillance state, without the internet, it's all just a paper trail. Yeah. Like, how did anything get solved ever back then? So, yeah, I would, especially yeah. if you're willing to just drive off to the middle of nowhere. Yeah, like, and nobody's going to find me. <laughs> now, if I killed somebody, it's my my moral code. My, my conscience is going to get to me. I mean, I, that will ruin my life. I, I can mm-hmm. never get over that. That's some, that's some next level stuff. But I could steal money in the, in the 60s and not feel some type of way about it. And yeah, I wouldn't do that today. I, <laughs> that's why I proposed this this question as a joke, because there's really one answer here. Or yeah. the other one is completely questionable. Are uh, you going to be the killer? <laughs> I will not be the killer. Not today. I will not choose violence today. But I will be the thief and run off to the middle of nowhere with my 40 grand. Which you and me? Back then is the equivalent to way more than that we'll split the money you and me and we'll 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 rob the guy and we'll never be seen again we'll talk more after the zoom call I'll tell we'll you talk more much. after exactly mm-hmm. so overall out of four stars what would you rate this movie four being the best one being the worst i'm gonna give it a 3.5 oh we're giving 0.5s okay okay reasoning because, yeah i'm gonna give it a 3.5 um because overall I think the movie is solid. I think the mm. narrative, you know, the the narrative shift uh, is something that I really enjoy and how all there's so much more story around this already complicated and enticing sort of murderer. Um, the, the shots, you know, just like how it was filmed was very smooth. You know, the camera work, there's a lot of camera work going on in there. Mm-hmm. Um, the acting 
was great to me. But ever, but it's you know it's it's not going to be perfect, and especially with a, a movie that's that kind of thriller, there's only you know to a to a an audience member from today, there's so much more that can you know like get me to jump off my seat, I guess. Yeah, that yeah, and, I, you know its historical relevance is something that needs to be taken account of. Yeah, without this movie, there would be a, all my favorite horror films would never exist. And I think that's why I also give it a three. I would give it a three, a solid three. Mm, solid I wanted three. to give it a two as I was watching it because um, I think, I, you know, for this podcast, I want to just rate it the way I see it. And mm. I think there were certain parts that did kind of lose my interest, but I, I think I'm going to blame it on my TV and the sound being low because I didn't want to wake up anybody. I really overall thinking about it now, it is a three star out of four for me i mean yeah. it holds up it holds up and it is interesting it's like reading a good book you know you just don't want to put it down i did still want to know how this all kind of played out even though i knew the ending yeah it just it just caught me and i'm normally not into black and white movies so the fact that this movie got me to the end i was like you know what kudos and i'm surprised i didn't watch the movie in color because you know they made it in color right i i heard I did hear about yeah. that. I, I want to you know see what? that chocolate scene in color. Hmm. Oh, they they definitely <laughs> would have. I would hope that the chocolate was had some sort of some sort of food dye in it, unless they really just was like, ah, oh, it's black and white. Who cares? And just threw out. Yeah. But uh, also, by the way, for the viewers, so somebody told me that I didn't rate the Devil Wears Prada. I will get Robin's. Uh, response to, to that I rated it I think it was a three out of four as well I was like shook somebody told me that I was like why didn't it rate it so I'm guessing Robin would probably rate it a four out of four I would rate it a three out of four but I'm gonna ask her and get back to y'all I just had to put that in there because I I guess mm -hmm. I didn't do it so so Sorry. what's the what's the highest rating you've given so far? <laughs> a four out of four. And that was for the first movie, Death Proof. Death Proof is my all-time favorite movie of life. And wow. I feel like, yeah, that that for me is a four-star movie. For me. Because it's my, I feel like that's my little fantasy, twisted fantasy of a movie. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's all it that's that is that's cool because that's a that's a Tarantino flick that a lot of people tend to forget about. Oh, yeah. or leave people out of the like conversation that. of his of their all-time favorites oh, yeah. a lot of people will put that on the bottom of his list which <laughs> you know i you know I, I i have my own like opinions about that but oh, yeah. I, I have to ask you maybe one day we'll cut we'll do this all over again i got it that'd be my first question i'm gonna ask you what is your list what is your tarantino list from the beginning tarantino list specifically oh yeah. okay that's we'll a long conversation that. yeah we'll, we'll have to wrap that up and and, mm -hmm. and put a bow on it because i am curious because that movie is my favorite and uh nobody can tell me different yeah mm -hmm. so i'm ready to fight you on that one <laughs> okay all right but uh, other than that, that wraps up for this movie, Psycho. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on, Ricky. I mean, tell the audience where they could find you, what you're putting out, what you're promoting. I know you talked about the podcast. Uh, so, yeah, you could be able to find me on, uh, you know, on Instagram, Wikipedia 12. Um, I'm going to be opening up. What's up? I love that name, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm going to be opening up a another another Instagram, you know, page or just general social media page for my content, my content platform that I'm looking to produce or promote called 20 something studios. Mm -hmm. So be on the lookout for 20 something studios. Uh, I'm chilling in the Hartford County. Uh, I'm excited for summer to come along. I'm hoping that uh, that things will slowly start coming back to normal. 
I'm waiting to be able to produce more content, be able to get back on this podcast because I, I really like this podcast, man. Thank I'm glad you. that I was able to go on. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, as it's going along, I'm really, I love it because I'm actually really watching these movies. I'm getting back into movies. I'm getting excited. I'm seeing people. I'm talking to them. I'm reconnecting with a whole bunch of people. I love it. So I'd love to have you back on. Maybe we could watch mm -hmm. a Westworld or do a Tarantino movie. I'm down. I, yeah, I'm good for anything, man. I'm so, I'm so open to be able to come back on this show. Yes. Well, thank you for coming on, guys. You can catch the podcast at Afterthought Pod P O D on Instagram, or you can email us at AfterthoughtHub H U B at gmail.com. If you have any questions, you want to be on the show, you want to make Ricky some sandwiches and jump through his window, you can email the podcast. Go to our Instagram, check us out. I got to put more content. I've, I've been slacking lately. You know, it's been hectic all in these streets, but I will get more on there and I got to get Ricky's information on there as well. But thank you for coming on and uh, we'll see you guys next week. <laughs> see ya. Bye. <laughs>